another edition of the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams in the house. And it is match week six for Charlotte FC. And there's a huge match this week on the road at Philly. The Eastern Conference leaders, Danny Brams. What's going on tonight? John, what's up? What's going on with you, man? Uh, There's not much going on here. Some news to report, though, uh, in the history of our show that we're doing our first ever remote episode. And like you said in our show notes, this is going to be the exception, not the rule. We want to point that out. But I hope that while you're down traveling in the Sunshine State in Florida, you are still drinking local, my friend. I certainly am. And I'm ready to pop a top. Let's do it. Cheers to you, brother. Cheers, indeed. So what are you drinking? When you travel, you got to drink local, right? As, as much Always. as I, I love the Charlotte beer, as much as I like a, a, a nice European lager, I want to give a shout out to Saltwater Brewery's Screaming Reels IPA. This beer is a 7.5 ABV, and it is absolutely delicious, bro. It is grapefruity. It's earthy. It's bitter. It's got a light malt profile. And it allows the hops to shine through. And it's tropical and it's dank. <laughs> Diggity dank, baby. I love it. I mean, what could be better than just drinking a, a dank, tropical, bitter IPA with the hop shine? That's great. What, great. What, what'd you say? What was the name again? The name is Screaming Reels. Like you're, you're going fishing. And I'm, I'm down here in Lauderdale. The fishing weather this weekend was phenomenal. Boats everywhere um, out on the Atlantic. So it makes sense. Yeah. When you, when you got a big fish on the line, those reels are screaming, you know, just, <laughs> just twirling, baby. I love it. We've got a big fish this weekend. Charlotte FC's trying <laughs> to reel in. Oh, I love well. it. Way to, way to bring that one full circle. That's brilliant. I'm, uh, I'm back in Carolina, so I'm uh, keeping it local myself with a Catawba Brewing Hawkness Haze. It's juicy. It's hazy. It's tasty, like it says on the can. And uh, I'm having a good night, kicking it at the house uh, with my cat making some weird noises in the background, but uh, uh, hopefully that won't come through too bad on the microphone. And uh, we'll have a good time talking about this matchup and uh, everything else we got going with Charlotte FC. It's just a great time to be at a Charlotte FC supporter, as usual. It certainly is. And shout out to the crew that is heading up to Philly this weekend. It's the first game that Brams and I are going to miss in person. That hurts to hear it, but it's true. It certainly is, especially because Philadelphia is my hometown. I want to hear more about that later. I'll give you a a brief history about the Philadelphia Union. Kind of compare it to Charlotte FC, uh, a relatively new franchise, 12 years in, starting to have really its first um, two, three years of sustained success. Uh, We'll get into that later in the show, uh, but we've got a lot to do today. Uh, First and foremost, we're going to talk about that Cincy win this past Saturday quickly, and we've both had the opportunity to to digest that win and you've had a chance to, to look at the tape. So I just want to ask you if you've have any changes from that instant reaction pod that we did Saturday night after the match. And of course, we're going to talk about the big match this weekend. It's a massive road test in Philly against the Eastern conference leaders unbeaten the union R Bramps. They, they are at the peak. They're uh, a franchise in fine form coming off a, uh, Supporter Shield a couple years ago, another great season last year, and uh, 
starting this season off their best in their club history. So yeah, this is not the best time to be catching Philly. You know, we, we've got all these other teams at a pretty good time. Uh, as far as rewatching Cincinnati, you know, I just, I think I realized just how much greater Kalina is in terms of we were in way, way more trouble than maybe I realized, you know, watching from the supporter section in terms of some of these chances, the Vasquez chance early, which Kalina just barely got, you know, with a kick save, you know, he, he sort of dove one way, but just stuck his foot out and, you know, bat pretty poor shot from Vasquez. And uh, we just got lucky that Cincinnati kind of got felt reverted back to their mean and what they really are, you know, in some people's books and when they were coming high flying off two wins. In your so books. maybe something, maybe something for us to watch out for is that uh, we, we want to be the, the team that has won two in a row, not the three game losing streak that we started the season with, obviously. I've heard the word luck a lot when it comes to Charlotte FC, you know, over the first month here of the season. And I think unlucky is a, a word specifically that we've talked about, but you know, I, I'm ready to potentially push back a little bit on some of the commentary coming out of that Cincinnati win about push it. Let's go, uh, you know, about it being a lucky break for Charlotte FC. I just don't see that when it comes to MAR style of play, like this is what you're going to get. Right. Kalina is is going to have to make three or four good saves every single match. Like that's just what this is. Man, <laughs> that sounds dicey to rely on in terms of variance for me as a, as a gambler. And you're, I know you're a gambler too, but I mean, I I get it. I get what you're saying, but man, I, I don't know if I want to be uh, having to rely on four worldy saves every match just to get points. The other teams are going to have opportunities. Philadelphia is going to have opportunities on Saturday night, and. You might not have to have world-class saves, but it's not luck. Colleen uh, is a great goalkeeper. Well, let me ask you this. Do we change the style of play when we go up there? MAR has been famous for sort of little tweaks every game to game. Is there going to be another one coming up this weekend? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, because Philly plays a, a high back line. They love to press. Does building out of the back work against that? At face value, to me, the answer is yes. And if you're really struggling, you just pound long balls over the top. I want to get into that more with you. But first, I just want to make sure that we get ahead of things and let people know what's coming up on the show. We're going to do our projected 11. We're going to talk about maybe a potential change in formation. And we have international break updates. Poland qualifies for the World Cup. I'll tell you why, yeah, that's, I'll tell you why that's great for Charlotte FC. This is, for me, the biggest news of the week that Poland qualified for the World Cup. And how does that impact Charlotte FC? I think this is potentially one of the best things to ever happen to this club in its short existence. Well, I want to talk to controversy around it, even though it's mostly settled down now. I, you know, since we haven't talked, it, it's, it's, it's like a, you buy a used car. It's, it's new to me. So uh, I'll kick the tires on that one one more yeah. time. And there is, there is controversy surrounding Carol Svidersky, Charlotte FC's uh, designated player, obviously playing against Cincinnati on Saturday, but not playing in the World Cup qualifying match against Sweden on Tuesday. Why wasn't he there? That depends who you talk to. And then finally, <laughs> of course, uh, Ecuador qualifies and Alan Franco is likely in that squad as well. Um, he got to start Tuesday night in a match that really didn't mean anything, but it's really cool to see him, Bramps, uh, playing that match. So we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But first, let's let's dive into exactly what you mentioned: uh, the style of play, the formation against Philly, 
We mentioned the the press and, and the high defensive line that Philadelphia is probably going to come out with on Saturday night at home. What's your initial read on how that plays into Charlotte FC's hands or how potentially MAR has to make a change and do something different than what we've seen in the last two wins? Well, he's not going to change the play now to the back, regardless. I mean, he's not going to change his underlying philosophy in terms of how he wants the team to play. And that is going to make us vulnerable against a team that can high press. Because the one thing you got to admit, as fun as it's been to see this team find success and be able to play out of the back a lot of times, it's a high-pressure system. And there's always been at least one or two high-profile mistakes played within that style that have left uh, big chances. So do I want to be a team that gives up big chances and, and lives dangerously? It's exciting. For sure, it's fun. It, you know, it's fun to win that way, but it's not going to. It's not fun to lose that way for sure. So uh, we'll we'll find out. Uh, Philly does take a lot of risk. They play the high back line. Their their center backs are very skilled. A great pairing that has played a ton of games together. I think Jack Elliott and Jacob Glesnes, uh were both in probably the top ten minutes played last year. I'd have to tr- double check that, but I know. They, they both of them, like in terms of a partnership, probably the partnership that has the most minutes in MLS the last couple seasons. I'd, w- I'd w- wager a guess without looking it up. Uh, the point is that they play a lot and they play a lot together and they're ve- they know what they're doing. Uh, Philly has a right back, Kai Wagner, who uh, is their set piece taker. He's, you know, a guy that they count on to sort of kickstart their offense and he plays up high pressing. He's going to be looking to turn stuff over. And a lot of it, uh, you know, their their strikers are not really that uh, notable. They're not guys that really hugely jump out at you. Uh, There's four guys that kind of rotate between two spots. Who knows exactly who they'll run out against Charlotte, but uh, they do have a pretty established midfield. And the guy who kind of makes it all possible for them to get this high press is Jose Martinez, uh, known as El Brujo. Uh, the, the sorcerer, the wizard. Uh, he's a Venezuelan defensive midfielder who is an absolute beast. He's a boss, uh, and he sort of makes the whole thing go for them because he's he's like a total destroyer. He's the guy we want Derek Jones to grow into for our team, let's say. And he's a total midfield destroyer. And we uh, have one good advantage in that regard, in that he played as. Uh, his balls out basically for uh, his country in the international qualifying window. He uh, uh, subbed to 80 minutes, which is pure exhaustion. And even though uh, his nation is not going on to the world cup, they uh, uh, he's a teammate of Christian McCoon and uh, uh, he played, he gave his all, he subbed in the 80th minute, which is pure exhaustion. Basically and he was getting winning all kinds of accolades from, you know, his fans, uh, the fans of that country. But, he could be a little depleted coming in and maybe not be as much of a uh, midfield stopper. Give our guys a little more room to operate than we would normally have in a match of that. So we'll see. So my first question to you is simply this. Does Miguel Angel in, uh, deploy the two striker formation against this high back line? Or does he leave Swiderski up top on his own? I think that's the first thing. If we're going to project this eleven which we will do in a few minutes, but that's the first thing that we mm-hmm. should probably talk about here. I can't see. You can't change it. In my opinion, you can't change it. What do you think? It's working too well. We're in total agreement there. The, the more that I think about it, MAR has constantly talked about his 
flexibility, his willingness to change formation, even within matches. And we've, we've seen that firsthand, but right now what he's working with is suiting this squad very well. And I'd rather him go to Philadelphia and go for broke and try to exploit that high defensive line and score a couple goals. If they lose three, two, so be it. Mm -hmm. I'd rather lose three, two than one nil by changing the formation, putting players in the back and hoping for a one, one draw. Just go for it, man. Like, I I think it, it takes courage and it takes belief and knowing our manager and getting to know our manager and how he views this squad. I just don't think he has it in him to go up there, Brams, and, and play a parked bus five in the back back line after the last two weeks, you've got to seize this momentum Mm -hmm. and roll with it. Even if that means you open yourself up in the back, even if that means a couple goals get by Kalina, with Rios and with Svodersky up top, you've got one of the best front lines in MLS. And I don't think that is a stretch to say. Max Bretto, someone who I really respect, someone that knows the MLS as good as anybody, ranked Carol Svodersky the fourth best designated player in MLS this week. Yeah. You have to give him chances. You cannot leave him on an island. Right, yeah. The worst thing possible thing we could see at this point would be Terrell up there by himself getting shut down, uh, being in the back pocket of two guys who know exactly what they're doing and have a lot of guile, Elliot and Glesnes. He, It's working too well with Rio. Rios gives Carroll the space to operate. Even when I want a little more from Rios, even when I see he should have probably had a goal against Cincinnati, he had uh, two really nice chances and one that you know, you'd know you love to see get scored. Even though he is not as consistent with, you know, he still, he, he holds up too much. We want him to be the hold up guy. I mean, I'm going to criticize him for holding up too much. So, I mean, you know, I'm never satisfied, but uh, he's been a little slow for me at times. Other times he's made, he's kept it going nice and peppy. Uh, he had the hot, you know, the hockey secondary assist to Bender that on Carroll's first goal against Cincinnati. So, it, you can't take Rios out at this point. I mean, Rios is a guy who's found he's found his way. He's found his home. I mean, this was a kind of a journeyman-ish type player who never really got a, a chance in Nashville. And right now, he he's found a home in Charlotte FC. I mean, he's part of the starting eleven. I can't see him taking him out. He doesn't have to be the guy. He's got to be the guy's guy, right? <laughs> he's he, the guy behind the guy. This is from Swingers, right? This is the guy behind the guy. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and that role's a great one. I mean, the the pressure isn't on you. Danielle, the pressure is on, is on Carol, and all you have to do is give him some cover. You're the bodyguard, bro. Is that his nickname, the bodyguard? Oh, I like that. The, the bouncer. That's great. The, the bouncer. bouncer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's a, he's great. making. Yeah. He's he's checking the IDs. He's making sure that nobody is getting near Carol. That he's, you know, the right. the, the stopgap between our star striker and that back line. So, and if he needs to hold up, if he needs to hold up the line for a minute and slide someone else through a, a VIP with long flowing locks like Benjamin Bender, you know, needs to get to the front of the line. 
I love it. That's it. That's like the, the bouncer, the bodyguard. I love it. Great nickname. The, the bouncer. Yeah. Danny Riaz <laughs> is the bouncer. There's Cheers no to that. that. Cheers to that. We finally got our guy, uh, Danny Riaz and Nick Dave on the show. Hopefully it sticks. Um, he's the bouncer in the squad. There's no doubt about it, especially on uh, in the front of the formation. Um, so we'll start there. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of things to talk about. We can get into the midfield. I think one of the key storylines heading into this weekend, coming out of the international break, doesn't feel like Charlotte SC had an international break because they played on Saturday, just one of three MLS games. So uh, my big question is about Alan Franco and, and, and Christian McCoon, uh, the Ecuadorian, the Venezuelan. Will they be available this weekend? MAR hasn't had his press conference yet. It's Wednesday night as of this recording. And both guys started for their international squad. So it's a tall task to get back to the United States get back to Charlotte and then travel up to Philly and get a start. I'm concerned that both of these guys won't play. I, I would expect Franco to be available to play. He, uh, he subbed out at halftime in what was kind of a meaningless game for Ecuador. They had already qualified. It, it did not matter. Uh, they ended up equalizing one, one against the Argentina in the late in the second half after he had subbed out. Uh, he's, he's a regular starter for Ecuador. He's, he's one of their main dudes. He, uh, he didn't play the first game of this international window uh, because of yellow card accumulation. And then the very first thing he did uh, in the second game that he started was go get a nasty yellow card. <laughs> that, that He's good at been, that. <laughs> that could have been a red on uh, on VAR. So. But he lived it up. He was posting picks from the VIP box uh, in the first match. And then he uh, he got some works for out, some uh, airline uh, mileage frustration. Maybe that's what we'll chalk it up to or jet lag or something in uh, earning a quick yellow against Argentina, almost hurt. Uh, people were saying it was a dirty play on Alexis McAllister, who's a Premier League player, you know, whatever. But um, I expect Frank would be good to go with that halftime sub. I don't think there's anything wrong with him. McCoon played 90 minutes twice. He played 180 minutes in the international window here in meaningless games where Venezuela was already eliminated. But again, Jose Martinez also wore that. Uh, that's a win for us to wear down McCoon. If we if we lose McCoon, our center back depth is fine compared to Philly's uh, defensive mid depth. So that I'm I'm fine if that ends up being a one for one. We'll find out. I would not expect McCoon to start this one. I could be wrong. I've been wrong about my I, my Christian McCoon predictions all all year. I, I insist that I really do love the kid, uh, but I keep predicting him to go out of the lineup and end up being wrong. But uh, I, I was surprised Walks didn't start. A, a little bit surprised. He, you know, we had projected him to start against Cincinnati. He didn't end up playing much at all. He was a cameo sub at the end. But uh, our center backs is our depth, like I just mentioned. You think it would be Fuchs and Guzman again, pretty much regardless, one way or the other? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I, I don't I have much. So. I don't have much to add in that. I just, I, you heard me off the top. I just, I, I'm concerned about both of these guys uh, not playing. I'm concerned about both of these guys maybe not even making the trip. Um, and that's my concern as a fan, right? I think MAR is going to want them back in Charlotte quickly and get them up to Philadelphia. But um, I just, I, I feel like I'm starting to learn the way MAR operates. And I mean, you, it, you watch them closely and then you, you sh we should learn something, right? And I don't think at this point, he's the type of manager that will start someone who hasn't trained during the week. There hasn't been an instance of that yet. 
I just that's fair. The squad, that's fair. This it, his preparation for Philadelphia started on Sunday. He's been working with this squad, right. and it's not Saturday night. Exactly, and he's been working with this squad <laughs> yeah. closely. He's been thinking about his 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 squad that he wanted to take up there. He can't wait for McCoon and Franco to get back mm-hmm. to Charlotte on Wednesday night to show up at practice Thursday to hop on a flight Friday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you put it like that, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I, I guess you could be right. Um, I think Franco would at least be available as a second half sub. The, the other thing that makes it me even lean more towards what you're saying as I think about it is just, we have plenty of depth there. You know I mean? We have Alcivar Ruiz, uh, Bronico Jones and Ortiz, you know, do we really need to force Alan Franco in after a bunch of flights? And, uh, you know, that, that, uh, meaningless qualifier game that he played. That's a good point. Half of, Hey, I love the idea of Franco getting on the plane, being with the squad and being available on the bench to come on in the second half. I think that is a great opportunity. So uh, the one thing I'll say is Franco is Miguel's boy. You know I mean? Like Franco, comes uh, to him as like a hand-picked guy from Independiente de Valle in Ecuador. Like if there's anyone that Miguel would start who hasn't trained, it would be Alan Frank. That's what I'll say. Well, I think that's important context. And it's something that we're going to watch. It's something we're going to going to listen uh, for later this week, uh, heading into the press conference leading up to this game against Philadelphia. You Can we just me. say congrats also on making the World Cup, Alan and Ecuador? Can't wait to see you play. It's huge for this squad that not only do we have internationals playing for Charlotte FC, we have World Cup internationals playing for Charlotte FC. And I'm telling you, come November, dude, I'm not just going to hooligans for the USA matches. I'm going there for the Ecuadorian matches and I'm going there for the Polish that matches. Of course. Like these are our boys now and all we do is support them and the fans have done an unbelievable job and I promise you. That's just not that's not me and you just saying that. Like we are taking these internationals under our wing in Charlotte and I thought you were going to say congrats on making the World Cup to the United States of America, dude. The US is- <laughs> yeah, that did ha- that also happened. Yeah, that did happen officially tonight. As as we started recording this, they were wrapping up uh, their big lot loot. They backdoored their way into the World Cup uh, without a qualifier. It's not bad. First time in in eight years, the United States is going to be playing in the World Cup in in Qatar, twenty twenty two. That's this year, by the way. Mm-hmm. And not not much of a wait until. Uh, November. Well, I- I'm well it should excited. just be a few months ago. It should be. It should be just a few months away. But uh, unfortunately, it's still, you know, eight to nine months away. The only, as an American, and I'll speak on that, the only better feeling than Charlotte FC putting one into the back of the net is the United States of America putting one into the back of the net in the World Cup group stage. So. There's just so much to talk about when it comes to this squad. Ben Bender, is is he someone that potentially could start to get some looks from the United States staff? Could potentially be called up, maybe not for the World Cup this November, 
but three, four years down the line, the next qualifying session, is he somebody that could be potentially in the squad? We're going <laughs> to hit on, we're going to hit on that. We're going to hit on that. Hold up. Wait, 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 Danny Brams. We're going to get to you on that. Right. I think, I think that's something that the fan base is talking about that we need to address. Okay. We're going to do our projected 11 and our formation. I'm John Hayes. You can follow me at John Hayes on air. He's Danny Brams at Danny Brams. Follow us on Twitter. And of course, there's a new Twitter feed that you can follow the, now at for the crown, baby. It's our, uh, it's our sign off phrase and uh, our handle now. And uh, we want to get some followers going there because it's a little place where we can maybe pop off a little more and uh, uh, engage in the Charlotte conversation as a show. Uh, without having to worry about, you know, when we use our personal Twitter accounts, we all we have multiple things going on there, I guess, type of thing. So, yeah, I'm not sure. We'll still, I'm still going to tweet about the team for my personal, but we'll have a little more fun on the show account, maybe we'll say. And so give us a follow at For the Crown Baby. We'll talk Twitter. shit. All right. We'll talk some shit on there. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> That's absolutely right. And I, I really appreciate all of you for, for giving us a rating, giving us a review uh, today. Number 33 on the Apple Podcast charts, soccer. Like, that's fucking cool. So we're having fun doing this. I'm so glad that y'all are having fun listening to the show. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. We'll be right back after this. Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brands. And we're having a virtual beer Salud. on this Wednesday evening I'm here from Fort Lauderdale. Brams is in the QC in the Queen City holding it down at the home base, Brams. <laughs> the U.S. is in the World Cup tonight. Charlotte plays in a few days. What, what We're drinking great beers. What could be better? Uh, Charlotte FC win against Philly on Saturday. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I, I I hope we get that win, man. But I, it, one way or another, I just got to say, it's just been a great a great run. It's just been a great run. And the, the feeling around this club of even just a two-game win streak, even though some people might not officially call it a streak till it gets to three, it feels great. And, you know, I think we saw that in that tweet uh, for, about the interview Brant Bronico gave earlier today. You and I shared that with each other because we both it both caught both of our eyes about the family atmosphere and just how much fun we're all having with this club right now. Here's what Brant Bronico said today. He said, quote, there's something special about this club. Even when I talk to friends, family, people that I used to know, that sounds like a, like a rock song. People that I used to know. What is that? Like someone that I used to know. Somebody that I used to know. Yeah. <laughs> Go TA. That's psychopath. Um, people that I used to know that I grew up with. It's like, holy cow, these games are so fun. The fan experience is amazing. You guys are doing great. And by you guys, he means you guys. The people that are listening to the show, the people that are paying their hard-earned money to get into Bank of America to watch this squad play, that are supporting their club. That's why soccer is really cool, is because supportership means exactly that. You back these guys and you push them on and think about it this way, right? Brams bank of America stadium. It's Saturday. 
there's about to be a match against FC Cincinnati. And there's not one person in the building. What is it at that point? It's, it's nothing. Next to nothing. And we experienced that during the pandemic. And the sport just felt flat. And I think a lot of people looked in the mirror and realized whether you're a supporter of an English club, an MLS club, a Mexican club, a South American club, a big club, a small club, that you play an integral role in this whole experience. And taking ownership of that is sometimes almost as fun as being out there on the pitch. Hey, we get to drink beer in the stands. They don't Mm -hmm. get to do that when they're out there between the lines. I mean, he's one of our own, man. He's one of our own. Brant Bronico, he's a UNCC kid. And uh, I I love, I love how he, he's played for UNC Charlotte. He's played for the Charlotte independence. And now he's played for Charlotte FC. I mean, he's about as, Queen City as it gets at this point. Brawny bro. Brant Bronico. Brawny bro. It's our boy. It's our man. He's part of the puzzle this weekend. He is. Uh, we, we talked about the striker pairing that we expect and we hope to see on Saturday night in Philly and Chester. You know, I think most people wouldn't realize that, but <laughs> the Philadelphia Union don't play in Philadelphia. They play in Delco, which is where I'm from, Delaware County, Pennsylvania. And... It's a beautiful stadium, and I really wish I could be there on Saturday. But will he be in the lineup, Ronnie, bro? We know the the back line, and we know that Jalen Lindsay will play right back. So let's figure out who plays on the left side and what that midfield looks like. So what's your best guess? (laughs) Uh, This is going to sound really weird coming from me, but I got to say, Joe Moore has earned another spot. You know, I'd love to see Adam Armour there. Uh, he was not available last game against Cincinnati. He, the back injury that made him questionable ended up ruling him out for the game. He wasn't on the bench. If he's back, he's back in training. I do know that. If he's healthy, maybe get him the start. But I mean, Joe Mora, in this case, against like you, you know, against a veteran Wiley team that's very well coached. Let's go with the veteran who came, who's coming off a really good game. You know, uh, this could burn me. He could end up being, you know, the worst player on the pitch on Saturday and, and the guy that I'm cursing in our next episode for sure. But I think that we got to keep Joe Mora in as the starting left back for this next game. But if it's Adam Armour, I'm not mad at all. We're definitely on the uh, Joseph Mora roller coaster ride. So. <laughs> oh, no up. doubt, man. I, I feel like I'm. Uh, down at Carowinds right now, just going up and down and round and round. Uh, and I definitely want to throw up every time I spend too much time thinking about uh, old Joe. But <laughs> Well, I think something to think about is his veteran qualities at that position in this particular match. Alejandro exactly. Bedoya will be playing on the right side from Philadelphia. For Philadelphia, he'll be wearing mm-hmm. the captain's band, and a lot of his action will be happening down the right-hand side. Mm-hmm. So to have a veteran presence at that left back who is mostly focused on defensive responsibilities while Ben Bender is protected to do whatever the hell he wants is probably 
a smart idea. Yeah. Everything you're saying is hundred percent true. And, uh, on the other side, Philly brings Leon flock. Who's sort of like a young Alejandro Bedoya, you know, just, a just, a very energetic in your face, scrappy, you know, slightly undersized type of midfielder that is going to get up and, and try to make stuff happen. He's not a huge goal scoring threat, but he can, he can score a goal. Uh, and I think Jalen Lindsay's not going to have too much problem with Flock. I think Mora will probably have his hands full a little bit more with Bedoya. But the good thing about Bedoya is he's not fast. You know, he's he's uh, <laughs> he's not someone that we have to worry about speed. And that also helps us with Fuchs as the left-sided center back, I think, you know. So, uh, although he's going to have to worry a little bit more about the strikers, obviously. Uh, it, long story short, Let's keep more in the spot. I don't think you can put Adam Armour back in as a starter immediately in that position, even despite uh, the quality he's shown so far. So it feels like the question marks are in the spine and mm -hmm. which midfielder plays behind Carol Swiderski in that space between Jalen Lindsay and, and Carol. So do we agree that Alcivar has earned himself another opportunity. Yeah, I think Yordi stays. I think Yordi and Bender stay on the on the outside, and it's a matter of what the Mar wants to do with those two interior midfielders. Whether he wants to stack them and create the diamond that we saw against Cincinnati, or whether it's more of a you know traditional line four four two that we saw against New England, and, and that would open up. You know, maybe Bronico to be in that in that spot. I, Miguel, I think, said one thing post game about Brant. He said uh, about Bronny, bro. He was like, you know, look at Brant Bronico. He didn't get to play as much as he deserved to play, but he still kept his head up and and he almost indicated that, like, you know, he Bronico's still right there. You know, even despite having sort of been you know, dropped from the starting lineup after starting the first few games of the season. I don't. Uh, he indicated that there was, you know, nothing really wrong with him. He's he's still right there. So, will it be Jones? Will it be Bronico? I, I really, it's that's the coin flip. That's the toss up. And uh, I th I think in my projected eleven, I got Ronnie Bro back in for Jones this week. All right. Well, we'll find out who's right on Saturday because I got the destroyer, Derek Jones, <laughs> in there. And the more that I think about it, quite frankly, Brams, I think there's a really strong chance that we play the same exact lineup that we did on Saturday. It was, it was a strong lineup. It got, it got shit done, for sure. Well, it, it's not even about whether it was a strong lineup or not. It was just, it's just about the fact of what I alluded to earlier, right? Like, none of those guys left camp. All of those guys trained together this week. Mm -hmm. And the people... In, a sort of a, in sort of a uh, shorthanded mentality with you know, a few guys missing. So I can see that mentality setting in. So Sergio Ruiz, he offers maybe a, instead of a diamond there, instead of a stacked midfield in the central area, I think that you could probably look at a more central 4-4-2. And you can count on Derek Jones and Sergio Ruiz to protect the channels between mm -hmm. Guzman Carujo and Christian Fuchs. So hear me out in this regard, right? Sure. You could play a back six if you need to <laughs> against Philly with those two guys in the lineup. 
And what I mean by that is like, if the game dictates that Philadelphia is bombing forward, Charlotte is having a really difficult time playing out of the back. We're pinned in our own final third. I need Derek Jones's height. I need him to defend corner kicks. So I actually think that the decision here is about Ruiz. And we love TT as a super sub. Yeah. And don't change that. So for me, there's three players in this lineup that are questionable in my opinion, and it's Mora, Ruiz, and Rios. And we both agreed for the purpose of this exercise that Mora and Rios are in. And I think Ruiz is the final person in this squad. He can be replaced by Alan Franco. You said Franco was MIR's guy. I'm concerned about him not being available, but I'll be very happy if he is available. And if he goes to MIR and says, hey, put me in that role, put me in front of Derek Jones. I'm ready to make things happen. I'm going to work my ass off. I'm ready to go the full 90 and I'm going to bust my ass for 60 minutes. And then you can bring TT or you can bring in Ruiz. I don't know. Just give me 60. Give me 60. Give me 60, baby. Well, you know, it's funny because that's another guy that MAR mentioned very pointedly in his post-game comments was Ruiz and talking about how at the when the final whistle blew, Sergio came up to uh, Miguel Angel and said, Coach, that's the first game I've started since September 7th. And I didn't want to say anything till the game, till the match was over, but I that it meant a lot to me to start my very first game since September 7th, 2021. You know, everything that Sergio's gone through from uh, why he took a leave of absence in his previous team before our season got started, and then uh, having, you know, a, a new baby on the way right at the start of this season that kind of got him off to a little bit of a slow start, I think, in camp. Uh, and now to be sort of embraced by the fans, you know, the supporters made that banner for him saying Felicidades Sergio on the new baby being born. And that really endeared him to the local groups, I think. And then getting that start and becoming part of something, earning the free kick. He drew the foul that scored Svidersky's free kick in the second half, gave us the two goal leads. So he's really incorporated himself into the team way more than I thought he would. And I was worried about him as of two weeks ago. I was like, man, is, is Ruiz going to potentially be a bust? But it seems like very quickly he's gotten settled and all of a sudden is someone that we can count on a lot more. And that, that's just only going to be good things for us. This is all well and good. And <laughs> part of me feels like an asshole for saying this <laughs> after you laid that out so eloquently and emotionally. And I feel good about it. Like that's, that's, you know, it's more than just soccer, right? It's about life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this guy's been through a lot, and that experience was amazing. But, you know, according to SofaScore, he was the lowest rated player <laughs> on the pitch. <laughs> so, Way to get, you, got, you have to get into the analytics there, huh? <laughs> so I'd rather have Franco than him if just he does start. Cold, cold numbers out of you, John. I don't know, man. I feel, I feel like I hardly know you anymore. But, yeah, those, those are the biggest questions. I, I think Bronny Bro might earn himself a start back in practice this week. I think Bronny Bro might see himself drop from that starting lineup and just re, just get that grind set going, you know, even a, that much harder in training this week and maybe try to fight his way back in. But I obviously don't hate Jones. I'm a big Jones fan, obviously, as well. Either way, we're pulling for you, bro. You know, Bronny Bro, get in that right. lineup, dude. 
We've right. got your back, dude. Get get after it. Listen, you know, pro- prove that, that that you're the guy for that job. And right. that can only help Charlotte FC if those two are having a friendly, spirited competition for who can be the best. And of course, Christian Kalina, he's in that. That's the final piece of this puzzle. And, you know, quickly before we head to our next break, and we're going to have one more segment for you on this edition of the Charlotte Soccer Show. Uh, we're going to be back on the other side of this break. And wait until after the show, okay? Because we've got another segment coming. But our friends over at WFNZ, Jessica Sharman and Will Pelagic had Christian Kalina on Crown Corner, and it was a phenomenal interview, okay? So just give us like 10 more minutes, and then you can go listen to our star goalkeeper talk about uh, the impact he's had on this club. We'll be right back. back one final segment heading into this weekend's match against Philadelphia Union in Chester, Pennsylvania, Delaware <laughs> County. The Chester Union. The Chester Union. Exactly the, right. The county of brotherly love. <laughs> John Hayes, Danny Brams with you. Um, I teased off the top of the show and I want to make sure that I follow through on this, Brams. I, I, I truly believe that the biggest moment for Charlotte FC's season happened this week and no one from Charlotte FC was on the pitch. Do tell. Poland has qualified for the World Cup. Now, what does this mean? This means that Charlotte FC's designated player who is the backup for Robert Lewandowski is motivated now to get to Qatar, be on the roster, and maybe even play as a striker partnership with one of the best players in the world. That is insane. If you're Svodersky, Yes, of course. You want Charlotte FC and its fans to recognize how good you are. Now you're putting yourself on display for the decision makers in the Polish national team. So the motivation factor has just gone exponentially up. It has turned Svidersky into potentially one of the most motivated players in the MLS. You make a strong case. I mean, I can't, I can't disagree with you. The motivation factor has got to be strong. I think it's going to remain to be seen what comes out of this whole little flip flap that we had with 
the Polish FA in terms of them sort of trying to tweet shade at us regarding whether or not King Carroll was hurt, whether he, you know, should have been playing for us during an international window when the team had such an important match uh, for the Polish uh, interests. Uh, then there was the whole, you know, the controversy kind of fizzled out when it was kind of revealed that, oh, well, actually, you know, it was all completely on the up and up. And we knew that Carroll might be able to play because he only had a one to two week injury and it could have been one week. And yes, we actually, you know, everything was all of uh eyes were dotted and T's were crossed, but then people started to complain about us. So that's why we posted the letter that Charlotte sent us. And, you know, just, it just really kind of like left a bad taste in my mouth, just the overall, the whole thing, the whole thing of it. And it there's really no real long-term bad guy. There's no real focus to this anger, but it's just a bad taste. Like I said, it's just, it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Now, Carol, for his part was out here, all over he rarely does social media stuff if you look at his timelines it's it's months and months apart between posts he went like nuts with like five retweets of like poland advances the world cup type stuff so you know he was watching you know he cared and he he cared quite a great deal and you know being the back of Lewandowski, sure that'd be that's awesome poland doesn't ever really play with two strikers they're they, as far as long as i've watched them they've always been that one target man up top so we'll see when they're down <laughs> two one in the 70th they will minute, be. They, yeah, will they will be. Yeah. Yeah. I could see the King coming in as, you know, a potential sub for Poland. And I hope there's not some like, there's, I hope there's not something where like, you know, they hold it against him that this whole flap happened in the elimination game and he didn't come. And so now they're going to withhold him from the World Cup roster. But again, that goes back to your motivation thing where he, his play in MLS this year has the way, has the uh, ability to take that decision completely out of their hands and make it so that there's no chance to deny him the, the right to play on the national team. Yuzviak, how does this impact him? Camille. He's in the Polish squad. Right. We don't know when he's going to play for Charlotte. If we had an update, we'd give it to you. According to original reports when he signed, it should be right about now. Yep. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's getting acclimated in camp within the next seven days. But that aside, he's somebody else that's going to be playing to perform in this World Cup. I, th I think I saw my our guy Top Ben uh, tweet this week. It was 15 days, 14 days ago. So, so we we'll see. We'll we'll see uh, where uh, UCAC is coming in. I don't think we'll see him against the Union, although he may make the trip. Then we're at home against Atlanta. I could see busting him out there, but it might be it might be MAR's way to save him kind of in the back pocket for that April 16th game at New England, knowing that we 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 beat New England one way when they were kind of a, a little bit of a hobbled animal, and they're going to be back to their full strength, presumably uh, three weeks from now, back in their home. Maybe that's the spot you bust out the new wrinkle and something they haven't seen before to try to catch them off guard yet again, like you did when they came down here to Bank of America. Ben Bender's emergence as this creative midfield player mm -hmm. on, the, on the left wing slash forward has overshadowed the fact that this is somebody that we're all dying to see play. Bender can go anywhere. Bender can play centrally. He can play wide. He can do, I mean, Ben, ben Bender. He cannot play for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, 
just to move on to the other thing you teased earlier in terms of, I would expect this kid to be on hopefully some scouting reports, you know, at the U S men's national camp by this point and someone that they've got their eye on, but he's a long, long way from getting any type of camp invite or anything like that. There, there's a lot of players in the pipeline and I, you know, we're very happy to have him. Uh, I don't think he's earned the right to jump anybody in line uh, necessarily uh, yet. He's behind at least, at least two Aaron's and brothers still at this point. So let's work on passing one of them first and then, uh, then we'll go from there. Dude, that type of talk against the prince will get you fucking executed in the square, brother. <laughs> the mind bender is going <laughs> to come bend my mind. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I love Bender. I don't know. I do feel like I need to do a we're not worthy thing here now. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm just trying to cool people's jets a little bit. Just just uh, I mean, I'm with some new, uh, international expert, but I know there's a, lo- a lot of teams out there that are pumping their guys uh, to Greg Berhalter and his staff. And uh, I don't think Bender has, has jumped over anybody yet, despite some brilliant performances in uh, mint and black and blue and white. So the final thing that we wanted to do on the show today is to share some brotherly love, right? This has potential to be a fa- fantastic match on Saturday. It, it does. And I wouldn't be surprised if like in Atlanta, we see the same sort of scenario unfold one, one, into extra time, anybody's game. Who wants it more? Maybe TT the super sub. Is that is that your official prediction? One one. That is my prediction. One one. Uh, I am going to predict Charlotte wins two one. Let's fucking go. With that, I'm John Hayes. He's Danny Brams. Uh, the latest episode of the Charlotte Soccer Show is in the books. You can follow us on Twitter at For the Crown Baby and at John Hayes on air at Danny Brands sometime on Sunday or Monday. We'll do a recap episode. You can find it there on Apple podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, Danny Brands. Good to see you. Good to talk to you. Have a great night for the crown, baby. <laughs> <laughs>